Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Moment I've been waiting on. And my soul is overflowing. With anxieties and expectations. Full of desire. I just want it so bad, you know, and it just seems so real, it's right there, just want to reach out and touch it, for what all disappears, sometimes it feels like everything is passing me by. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to a live episode of the Butterfly Evolution Show. I'm your host, Tammy, and have our host, Rodney, on the line with us. Rodney, are you there? Yes, I am here. How is great, everything? Great, great, great. It's great. You're just getting back in town, and I'm sure you are running, but thank you for, for just making the time to help me out here tonight. <laughs> so, no problem, no problem. I'm ready for this one. I'm actually going to go ahead and pull. See, one of our speakers is out. Trent, 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 how are you? Hey, what's going on, Sam? How's it going, Rodney? I'm good, Trent. How are you, man? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. Can't call him. I spoil it. <laughs> there's there's Trent with his conversations. <laughs> how you doing, Sam? Great, great, great. How are you? Are you ready for these questions tonight? I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. I said, are you ready for these questions tonight? Yeah, let's get them. Because right now it's just you. I know we have Anthony and Brandon coming in a little bit later um, Mm -hmm. who are also speakers. For those of you who are listening, this is kind of a part two and a continuation of the Women's Conference, Turn Off the Lights Women's Conference, which was mainly about uh, turning off the lights, turning off people, turning off things, anything that you need to turn off in order to focus on that internal light. And there's some things in, that we have to go through, some process, a process that we have to take. Um, so we received a great number of questions uh, during the conference that we were not able to address, where the speakers were not able to address. And what we wanted to do and decided to do is just bring the speakers on the show and have them address them live on the show with you all uh, being able to piggyback off their, their answers and share maybe some more questions that you have. But that's what tonight's show is about. And, again, for right now, uh, Trent, is just you. So what I want to do is just kind of go over our housekeeping things for our new people, I'm expecting quite a few new people tonight, thankful for that, have made some great connections, and so thankful for the new people who are just putting things aside, changing your schedule for tonight's show. We're looking for and expecting a great, great show tonight. So let's start with the chat line. It is open. 
For those of you who are listening, you can uh, listen by way of chat. You can submit your questions, comments there online, and we will monitor and get those out to the speakers as well. If you are have called in tonight, remember you only need to select the number one if you have a question or comment, and we hope that you do. I will give out the some information at the end of the show about the trash can and things like that just for the sake of time and moving right, right along into tonight's show. Rodney, uh, before we hit Trent really hard, would you just kind of, because, again, we have new people all the time, so we just kind of tell them what you have going on, the books and things like that that you're doing and some things you have coming up? Absolutely. Um, I am very excited about some upcoming events in my life. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, Tuesday, July 22nd. Hey, hey Rodney, will... are you on speakerphone? No. No? Okay, we're getting some feedback. I'm not either, but it's, I, I could hear your voice like twice or something. It's some feedback, but let's just keep going. Maybe maybe it's just mine. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. No? Okay. Tuesday, July 22nd at 6.30 p.m., I will be at the Memorial Library right here in Washington. Another uh, book signing. So I'm very excited about these upcoming events. Wonderful, wonderful. And in, in the books, if you want to, did you mention the from the heart of the teacher and all that? Uh, my uh, my most recent book from the heart of the teacher is available um, on the Kindle and the Nook, um, and it is also available in uh, print version, print form. Um, right now you have to go through lulu.com, um, and that's l-u-l-u.com. Um, within the next few weeks, it should be ready uh, for distrib- distribution through Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Um, and from the heart of a teacher, basically uh, draws uh, awareness to um, the the many things that are wrong with our educational system. Uh, right here uh, in the United States, and it also um, offers solutions on how we can fix the fix this crisis that we have going on, um, because it does affect our children who are, who are our future. So please, please, please support. And I've gotten good reviews so far on the book, so I hope that you all will definitely uh, check it out. Okay, great. All right, Trent. Um... If you'll tell the audience how no, you have a number of things going with your books and the conversations with Trent, your daily postings, um, I know for me I like how you make people, I shouldn't say make, but you um, including your message about accountability to self. And I think that's so important, especially with tonight. Um, much focus seems to be from women, much focus seems to be, relationship and does you know does he love me or does he not and what he's doing and what he's not doing as we kind of got a little bit into during the conference so would you tell them as much information you have as the floor tell them all that you would like for them sure. to know and then some and then give them how tell them how they can find your books and find you on facebook and so forth okay uh first of all congratulations Rodney, on your uh your release um i'll be picking that book up um 
as well. So congratulations. Always good to see a, a brother um, going out and, you know, writing and doing something other than what the media and all those folks say that we should be doing. So good stuff there, man. Kudos to you, and I'll be supporting that uh, most definitely. But the conversation, the conversation uh, brand started about seven years ago. Um, for me, I'm six-time published. Um, I basically focus on relationships. Um, I have a, a blog. I do a daily blog. Um, some call me Trent.com. Um, all those works are actually available at TaylorKennedyMedia.com. And um, just pretty much you can find me on uh, on my fan page, Conversations with Trent, um, and I can be reached there. And if anyone is looking for a conversation, we're actually still doing the conversation tour uh, along with Anthony D. Collins. Um, our next stop is actually going to be, uh, I think it's going to be Phoenix. No, I'm sorry, Chicago again, then Phoenix. And they can contact uh, Events by Kelly, 504-684-5401, option two. And um, they'll get that stuff to us, and we'll come out and see you guys. So we're pretty busy with that. And, Trent, that was 504-684-5401, option two. Correct. Okay, you men do do all, give that information out so quickly, like we're just ready. So I have to correct y'all on that. 504-684-5401, option two. And quickly, um, and if I missed this, Rodney, for whatever reason, my phone was, was going crazy while you were talking. Did you talk about Tired of Being Black? Did you tell about the book, Tired of Being Black? I did not. Sorry about that. Tell us, because I think that's so so important, especially going back off what Trent said, doing something other than what society uh, expects the black man to be doing. Um, and I think your book expresses that in a mighty way, um, even in the title, Tired of Being Black. And, again, that's what drew me, and I thought I, I've got to see what this is about. So tell them about that as well, and then we'll get, get right into the questions. Absolutely. Um, my first uh, published work is called Tired of Being Black. It's a book that I wrote to um, offer a fresh perspective on the negative stereotypes and struggles of the black race. Um, I don't doubt that racism still exists. However, there are so many things that we could be doing better as um, as black people, which would give us um, more successful black people. Um, you know, things like using the N-word, um, not taking advantage of the the educational opportunities that we have in school, being exploited by these um, colleges, universities, and these professional teams. So um, just trying to uh, raise awareness on, on, on those things. Um, and, and turn out, I'm with Tammy, you're right on it. The media will allow um, this, this nation to think that, you know, there, there's only one image that fits, um, you know, black males, black females, but we all know that that's not the case. So, um, you know, please continue to do what you're doing, Sammy, uh, you also, because people need to see that, you know, it doesn't have to be that way. So uh, please, if you get a chance, check out Tired of Being Black um, and also From the Heart of a Teacher. Okay, great stuff. Okay, Trent, anything before we put you in the hot seat? <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. 
<laughs> is there okay, um okay. All right. And I'm just gonna pull them out randomly if that's okay. Uh, all right. Why are men so afraid to show and share their heart? Um, most of the times when when guys are uh afraid to share and show who they really are, there's some insecurities uh, going on up in there. They're not going to be honest with that, so they're protective about being silent. But uh, for me, you know, uh, for me personally, I had to learn that um, over the years, you know, the more open and honest you are, the more people are drawn to you. You know, the more shed in you are, you know, people are going to actually, that, that you know, that uh, insecurity is going to actually uh, magnify and illuminate. So most of the time it's for insecurity reasons when they do that. I have a question about that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is it possible that sometimes men, um, or, or anyone, but I'm just going to say men for the sake of this question, is it possible that sometimes men do show us in their way, but we are sometimes looking for it in our way? And I do understand that we do have to learn to love love each other uh, based on the needs of that person. However, I think it's equally important that we understand that sometimes people show us love differently yeah. than what we expect it to be. Yeah, and it depends on the upbringing and, and, and whatnot, but once you've actually found that, you know, tapped into that higher inner self, communication won't be a problem. And okay. if one person has actually found that first, that person should be responsible enough to communicate to that person and say, hey, we need to talk about this. Why don't you open up about that? Or why don't you just, you know, so somebody in a relationship has to be responsible enough to say, hey, let's communicate this. I, I've never believed in, um, hey, you know, love me for, you know, who I am and this, I just do it things this way. That's kind of stubborn. Okay. You know, and that's kind of stubborn and selfish. Okay. Okay. So it sounds like you're saying without that communication, um, and I and I, I do believe that and feel that, but I'm asking without communication, it's it's almost – Impossible, I feel that for a relationship yes, to work. Yeah. Yeah, that, that opens the door to speculation. That opens the door to a, a ton of things. Uh, let's just say, for instance, if you and I are in a relationship, and I love you, but I'm not saying it. And sometimes I show my actions, and then sometimes I'm a little moody. Well, you know, Tammy's confused at this point. That's not fair to Tammy because I got issues. Hmm. Yeah. Nicely put. Right. Rodney? Um, said how you are um, in a relationship. First of all, you have to be an unselfish person. You cannot be um, a selfish person or, you know, all about yourself and be in a relationship. And you have to understand the difference between being single and being, you know, someone's uh, significant other, whether you're the, the boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, whatever you are to them. Um, when you're single, you can you can carry on however you choose to. But part of being in any relationship, um, I agree with both of you. It does it does involve that communication, and you should not just go into it and say, you know, on one hand, you know, I get the whole, you know, take me as I am, but but at the same time. I can't take you how you are as a single person if we're in a relationship. If you're always partying as a single person, hey, do what you feel. 
but you have to understand that, hey, now I'm in a relationship. I cannot carry on that way. And so, you know, with with constant effective communication, you can have a healthy relationship because you know, you know, after a certain, you know, period, you pretty much start to learn your partner. But you can't learn your partner if your partner is not uh, showing you how to learn them. Okay. Uh, you made me think of a different question, another question, but I'll ask that later as we go on. Um, and I'll throw it out there to you guys, and we can just address that later. But it sounds like you're saying, Rodney, that, that there are some things when you get in a, become or get into a relationship, um, committed relationship, there are some things that you have to give up um, that were part of your single life. Would you both agree? And then we'll address it. Yes. Yeah. It's called Kyle. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. All right. I want to really hit that later, but let's go to the next one. Um, oh, wow. Uh, I'm going to pull another one. I thought I took that one out. We addressed that one at the conference. Um, why do black men tend to seek women outside their race when they become successful after a black woman has had his back during, difficult path, during his difficult path to success? Oh boy, that is a tough one. But I do remember you saying Trent is on the hot seat. <laughs> yeah, we, we got him in the hot seat, and his and his his fellow speakers have him in the hot seat as well because they got him out here by himself right now. <laughs> Not got but Trent, I, I, but Trent I'll I will say that. I have your back, man. Go ahead. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that and take uh, I take their questions as well. I wrote a blog about that. Um, a few years back, uh, short, quick story. I was actually in Houston um, at one of my conventions and with my then girlfriend checking out of a hotel, and a ball player was checking out um, right beside me. I won't call the guy's name out, but um, right after, his girlfriend walked into the door, and when he noticed that she was coming in, he immediately pointed to her to go back to the car. Um, and to be honest and, and, and to be fair to the sister that I was with, I mean, she was nice, real nice. You know, walking in, the room goes quiet. But he and I, you know, black men, and Rodney could actually uh, attest to this, you know, black men, black gentlemen tend to have an understanding without having an understanding without even talking. Like if we're, if we're in silence, we could have an understanding with one another if we're in the same room. But anyway, I said that to say, with most men, when most black people, when we think of success, we think of, you know, white folks and success. It's always, you know, you know, the, the awe and the ah when you see someone black being very successful. Well, that's kind of, that should be a common thing. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. when, when, when they get up into these six-figure uh, salaries and going up into the, the seven figures, that's all they're seeing over there, and they're in awe with that. They're in awe with their, you know, with their white counterparts are bringing to the party. So like, the you know, the ball players. if they're surrounded by a whole bunch of white folks, that's the only thing that's going to be in the party because we're always in awe with everything, you know, as far as success. Success should be normal for the average person. But I think that, again, it goes back to the insecurity in that black man doing that along with he wants to fit in with the white man. Do you do you all feel that? Go ahead, go ahead, because I don't want to jump to another question before you answer that one. So go ahead. 
Well, I, w- I was just going to say that um, I think that I don't think that that that, that black men, uh, I guess, in, in their mind they say, you know, I don't I, I don't think that they say or we say I'm going to date black women, but then once I make it, I'm going to switch over to white. I don't think that anyone purposely uh, does that or says that in their mind. I think that. Uh, Typically, you know, men may have a, a, a specific preference, uh, regardless um, what it, it, it is related to. But you know, there are times when you see um, when you see successful black men, they tend to be with white women. And I can't speak for them. I will say things that I've heard, and that is, you know, um, that there are differences when, when it comes to. Um, black women uh, versus white women. And I think that um, based on the things that I heard, a lot of times these men look at it like, you know, as a safety zone. Like, yeah. Not, not to cut you off, Ronnie, let, let's dig a little deeper into this here. Now, let's talk about the straight hair and then what black men have been doing for, for generations as far as even go, let's go back as far as the 50s and the 60s. Um, a lot of those celebrities have gone after the long-haired, straight-haired girl, and they've been fair-skinned, okay? Mm-hmm. That's not the black woman's fault. That's not her problem. That, And to me personally, I really believe that that was injected in our DNA over 150 years ago when the the Negro lusted for the house naked. I'm sorry, Tam, we're just going to – it's okay to straight talk, though, Chase? Yes, yes. Okay. So when, when when the Negro lusted for the for the house nigger, that that's all a part of that whole separation and and all that stuff. The, the sisters never brought anyone any harm as far as you know the black man is concerned. That's their preference. And think about when we go back to the Atlanta housewives or the basketball housewives for that matter. When you see those sisters, you see those sisters trying to put the weave in and do all this other stuff. Who are they actually trying to look like? You know, they're going after the guy who potentially has money. A potential of acquiring money and you know and success. So who was that sister actually trying to make herself up, put all of this false stuff on to look like? Because she doesn't look like the average sister after she's all made up. So that's a to me that's a psychological problem with with the black man, and we've actually forced this on these sisters to place this all of this stuff in the air. Okay, I have a question on, on both of those because going back, do you, okay, let me let me address the latest one first. Talking about the sisters, do you feel that that the majority of the sisters who, because there there does tend to be a, a number uh, more weed than I've ever seen, um, and now the natural is <laughs> kind of coming back um, as well, uh-huh. but slowly. Um, do you feel that the majority of women who go the extra mile for the weed are doing it for reasons that date back to slavery, or would you say, like some of them say, why does it have to be anything dealing with slavery? I just like the long weave and don't like to do my hair. And then the flip question, do you feel that most men, this question about men, do you feel that most black men do tend to um, end up with a white woman after their success? I strongly believe that. Um, 
I strongly believe that those guys, um, when they go into when they go into these parties, and I could say that and I could speak on that because I was a part of that part of that surrounding from the age of 17 until about 28, 29. So all these parties, all these upper parties, all that stuff is filled with white women. No sisters in the room. So if that's all you have to talk to, you know, and, and that goes back to the weak-willed man, the weak-willed black man. If they, okay, they're not in the parties, but, you know, there's some sisters there. There's some nice sisters with degrees and all this other good stuff. You know, you don't have to go for everything in a party, you know, like Tiger Woods, divorced, half his money gone, you know, and all this other good stuff. But, yeah, it goes a little deeper as far as with the, with the, with the agents and the people that you surround yourself with. That's why you come up with a lot of this stuff as far as with the um, brother going for, you know, something outside of his race. And I'm, no, I'm not a racist by a long shot, but... You know, we have to look at the psychological problem to that. But why are these brothers doing that? And why are these sisters dressing up to go out and say, hey, I want to fix myself up and, you know, capture a guy who has the potential of making money or the guy who has the money? Okay, okay. Well, we have, a, if you guys, let's take a caller. We have a caller um, pulling in a caller from 901 area code, last four digits of 7764. Caller, thank you, and you're on the air with us. you have a question or comment? Hi. Yes, ma'am, Tammy, this is Sherilyn. Hi. Oh, that's you out there. Hi. You did select the number yes, one. I just I'm calling had not gotten from to my other phone. Yet. That's yeah. okay. That's okay. Thank you. First-time um, listener, first-time caller. <laughs> thank you. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and so wonderful to have you as a part of my world. I appreciate you. Uh, but I did want to, I first wanted to address the first question on uh, communication, but I'll move on down to where we are now and ask, um, I hear both Trent, well, Rodney hasn't said much on this topic, but um, Trent kind of is leaning towards that um, black women are kind of identifying with the uh I guess, significant need to look like and appeal to our black men uh, by uh, long hair and light skin or or those um, outward things that that draw them in, or even if they're in a setting where there are largely uh, white women versus black women. I wanted to ask, are, are you, are we being intentional, you know, in terms of, 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 of a, as a race of what we're looking for? Because you don't default to, I don't think, the um, whatever's available unless that's what you really have an inward desire for. Is, are you saying that people are just kind of saying, we're adapting as women to what you all prefer and you all are adapting because of your surroundings? Is that kind of what I hear you saying? As far as well, as, as far as as far as the celebrity standpoint, as far as the ball players, as far as the celebrity standpoint, they're adapting to their surroundings. Um, I did that. But in my, in my mind, years. well, in my mind, it says to me that if you have access to millions of dollars, you can create create your own environment and choose by your own design. Exactly, but that goes all that, that goes back to the insecurities. And, okay, I mean, okay, okay. Because I was a little confused. Yeah, most of these most of these folks who acquire these funds and acquire that stuff and acquire that that fame, a lot of these guys are very insecure. I've been around a ton of them, so I mean, I, I write about it in, in, in my writings and my books. 
um, I've been around a ton of those guys. And a lot of those guys, is, you know, it's insecure, insecurity. And to me personally, I feel believe that, you know, a ton of money brings on a ton of insecurity if you're already insecure. Okay. Would you, okay. Would you agree with um, that? And there's, there's, yes, I do. And there's a quote that aligns with that. Um, having access to all of those things only brings out whatever is in you. It doesn't cause it. It amplifies it. So right. in, exactly. in my, I guess, response to all of that is um, there are so many opportunities for us. To, we are, we've been talking, I was actually talking with Tammy about being purposeful in our connections. And mm-hmm. I would love to see you know, let's kind of take ownership of that instead of just talking about it, but create environments where we can be found doing well. If the woman that you're dating doesn't have the etiquette that she needs, send her to an etiquette class. Don't choose over us, you know, because we don't have the skill set necessarily that you're looking for. Because I see it all the time. Having been groomed well, I'm in environments where people with lots of money don't even know what a shirt work is. So it doesn't automatically come for them either but they kind of discount it because they've got the money. Right. Instead and here's, here's of grooming thing, her to fit their new lifestyle, they just choose exactly. someone who has what they need. And, it, it, and I think that's... If, 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 if I'm attracted, not to cut you off, sister, I'm sorry. It's if, okay. If I'm, attracted right. to, if I'm attracted to a sister and she happens to work at a department store and her etiquette is not up to par, if I'm attracted to her and I'm interested in getting to know her, I'll go ahead and get her that Emily Post book. And we'll sit down and we'll talk about it. Or hopefully you'll get her Harriet Cole. Give her the black version. <laughs> Harriet Cole, I how to be. Remember that. that. For every black woman that you love, your daughters, nieces, cousins, and little sisters, Harriet Cole, how to be. This black woman's a guide to etiquette. But good go stuff, ahead. I'm good sorry. Stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. But, we yeah, have but, to be purposeful know. in supporting one another. We have to be on purpose, exactly. intentional, seek out one another to do right by. Exactly. That's just my strong you know, feeling, that, and I, that's why I'm on the call. I want to hear what you guys have to say. That's good stuff. A lot of that goes back to, like I said, it's a psychological problem when you talk about these guys wanting to reach back and, and help. We all we all have this crab in a barrel mentality. A lot of us have that. So we're, okay, I'm at the top, and I'm kicking everything down. I don't want nobody coming with me. A lot of us have that in us, and a lot of men have that mentality about the sisters. Whether they want to admit to it or not, they have that mentality. I know a ton of brothers that think like that, and it's a horrible way of thinking. You know, it's not just in success and and business where we have that crab mentality. Brothers have that for these sisters, a ton of them. And unfortunately, sisters have it tremendously against sisters. And and yeah. and yeah. I mean, it, it's, about it's that. terrible. We talked a little bit about that trend as well at the at the conference, but it is it it is beyond what you as men I, I even think imagine. You know, being sister to sister, I, I just met um Sharon sat was it sat Saturday I'm thinking um, it was Saturday. Starbucks mm-hmm. and I think she probably was shocked that even this black woman walks in and says hello. I mean I think you might I was. I wrote about spoke. it actually. And, but I, I do I, I mean I just speak and and it's just we should. I mean, we really should honor one another, like you said, purposefully. So it is. It, I'm, I'm glad that that came up, and we're getting it out and, and talking about it. And I feel like more conversations about this honest communication. It's going to take that. Don't feel bad about how you feel, what you say. Um, we can say it respectively, but unless we say it, we it cannot 
be dealt with. We cannot deal with it, honestly. So. Exactly. Well, thank you. I will, you know, uh, digress from that point. I just wanted to make sure I had some clarity, and I got a chance to say again, I met this wonderful woman, Tammy, who does what I do for a living and a lifestyle, and I wanted to really kind of connect with that part of her um, in this uh, conversation. Well, thank you. And what we'll ask you to do, just in case you hear a question and have another comment that you want to come back on, select the number one. When I'm going to take you out of queue and when I take you out, go ahead and select the number one. That pulls you out so that if you want to come back in, you can select the number one again, and it will light up for me here. Okay? Okay. Thank you so much. Great points made. Okay. All right. And I think, Trent, we got you some help here. We're going to get Get somebody else in the hot seat with you. I'm going to pull Anthony in. Anthony? Hey, what's going on? Hey, how are you? Hey, what's going on, man? Chilling, chilling. What's, what's, what's up, brother? Chilling, chilling. Okay, you guys. <laughs> this is one of our other speakers from the conference. And so he's in, and we're still holding for two more. Anthony, actually, you got in a little bit earlier, so glad for that because we're still holding for uh, Brandon and Aaron. So let's. Okay. We have, uh, what, about, we've actually had about three questions, I think, two or three. So let's go to another one. Um, Why is it easy for society to forgive or forget or accept if a man cheats, but when a woman cheats, she is looked down on or considered a whore? Are you want me to say that one? Yep. Oh, okay. Oh, I mean, that's pretty much an easy one. I mean, it's just TV. Um, traditionally, that's just what it's always been. I think historically, um, men kind of put a stamp on women, like way back when, when that happens. You know, it was always thought like a woman should just, you know, stay in her place as far as never do things like that or never date multiple men or whatever the case may be. But if you start really tracing back, you will notice that in certain tribes, that was the norm. Actually, the mother of the the queen of the tribe would actually pick her men, and she had more than one man. But as men became powerful, and I mean stronger than women, they kind of overtook them and stuff like that, and then they kind of put this stamp on them that they was whores and, and hoes and stuff like that. So it's carried over in what we see today in society or whatever the case may be. Me personally, I just feel like nowadays you just have to be careful whether you're a man or a woman, whatever you're doing out here. Um, even if you're single, you should be trying to just, you know, just chill out and try to have just one partner if you feel like you just got to have sex or whatever the case may be. But I think that's pretty much why it's like that, this tradition and the changing of history over time. Okay. Trent, anything you want to add? Um. Yeah, to me, uh, a, a cheat is a cheat, and I I, uh, I agree with uh, with Brother Anthony. It's because of society that we we frown upon this on women, but a man could actually do that. But sorry to break the news, folks out there who's listening, a cheat is a cheat. So it doesn't mm-hmm. matter if it's coming from a man or from a woman; it's still wrong. So that doesn't make that woman a whore um, if she cheats. If the guy cheats, does that make him a whore? He should be if she's going to be called a whore. But, you know, mm-hmm. in all essence, a cheat is a cheat. And, you know, after a cheat, it's up to uh, the individual. 
I know me personally as, as a man, I couldn't, you know, I have to be honest with myself and say, you know, do I really want to go back to this relationship? And we try to reconcile and all that good stuff, but I have to be honest with myself. I could not do it. I don't care if you burn the bed, you burn the entire room, you burn everything, sheets, everything. That part is still going to, you know, resonate and burn in your head. It's going to mm-hmm. be there. So you have to be honest with yourself and accept that and forgive that person for cheating before you could actually genuinely move on together as a, as a, as a couple in a relationship. Okay. And, and Tammy, I, I got I actually got a better question for you, Tammy, because this is one of the main problems as well. Women praise men with a lot of women. So y'all guys, <laughs> you gotta remember y'all set the tone. I think about oh, yeah. all these pimp movies. Think about the Mac. Think about Dolomite. Think about Don Juan. You guys set the tone for that. And that's just being honest. Because even I, when I, I was doing I'm, my thing, I'm even gonna when have I was to doing agree. my thing, and I'm, and um, I had five or six different women on the side. <laughs> Hell, that brought more women my way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's exactly what I was thinking about on the previous question that we had about the black men selecting white women. We have to be honest as as women, and I'm going to say black women more focused on black women as making sure that we don't pass up good men for. Um, the so-called bad boy. And if we be honest, we have a tendency to be attracted to people who I think, I believe that's one of our questions that I remember seeing. We haven't gotten to it yet. Um, one of them about women being more attractive or wanting to date men who are already married or in a relationship. I think you're exactly right with that. And that is a question women, we need to answer cause, and dig deep on that Um because there are, there are good men out here. I really believe that for whatever reason this, this attraction thing is not working, uh, we really don't know what good a good man is, what is a good man, what are the characteristics. And I believe that's one of our questions as well. Somewhere down d- deep here I'll keep pulling. But yeah. we just really need to be honest and do some soul searching and some self-reflecting yourself, men and women. Uh, we, we attract, we, we attract what we, who we are. Let's just be honest mm-hmm. about it. We attract exactly who we are. If I'm attracting that whore, I mean, at some point I was a whore in my life, so I'm still a whore. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't have said it any better. I mean, and that's the, and then, you know, I, I, I once, you know, lived that way. I once was attracting certain type of women in my life. Um, but to add to that was the fact that, you know, they admired me or they put me on some type of pedestal because I had multiple women, which didn't make sense to me because anytime I noticed a woman who had multiple men, it got me away from her. So, it's just You know, different. I believe, you guys, that some of that has to do with this uh, desire to be the one. Uh, as sick as that sounds, but um, mm-hmm. much of it has, has to do with desire to, well, he has – he has many women, and I took him, and I'm going to make him right. Same same mm-hmm. question could be for women um, who have who meet guys with multiple kids who are not taken care of either, and yet somehow mm-hmm. they they become pregnant, and they wonder mm-hmm. what happened. Why is he not taken care? Of? Well, was there an indication of this prior to your being pregnant? What is going to make your baby different? Yeah. And, so, and that problem, that problem comes in when we actually don't have that conversation before the sweat dry. 
we should really be talking about this before the sweat begins. So after the sweat dries, we want to talk about relationships and all this other stuff. And, well, hey, you know, what, what color is it? What is your favorite color? Well, damn, I just penetrated you six hours ago. You should have asked me that beforehand. Mm-hmm. They, they, they don't just go back to what Ryan and I and you were talking and uh, you were talking about on um, earlier, Tammy, was communication. We don't talk about this stuff and open up about it and have these conversations before we lay down, before the sweat begins. We always want to talk about it after the sweat dries. Right, right, right. Totally agree. Okay, um, I did just pull Aaron in, and if you don't mind, Aaron, what I'm going to do is uh, we have some feedback in the chat room, so let's get a little bit of that out, and we have a few more callers that have popped in as well. So we'll get to you guys. Just hang on, and we'll pull you in as they pop in to queue. So in the chat room, we have interesting commentary. I totally agree, Trent. It is the standard of beauty established by society, and I believe that went back to to our first question or second question. Mm -hmm. My uncle made the same commentary regarding interracial dating. People date who they are surrounded by. What is very disheartening is the media's portrayal of, of black women. We are seldom desired in comparison with other races. Not to mention stereotypes are per- perpetuated daily within our community. I agree with the caller. We must be purposeful. And um, I agree. It is free to smile and say hello. It's a common courtesy. And she was talking about the connection Saturday that I had with Sharon. Um, and then she mentioned about the bad boys. And some people look for the thrill of an ed- or an edge. However, like a thrill ride, once it's over, it's over. If you are looking for longevity, you must be willing to enjoy the park and not the ride. All right. Enjoy mm, the park and not good. the ride. I like that. And that's, wow. Thank you, Tamari. That's good. That's out of the chat room. Um, Aaron, are you with us? <coughs> hey, Tammy. How you guys doing? Good. How are you? I'm um, doing all right. I'm doing good, man. Just trying to recoup and uh, get things together and get things going. Uh, with my schedule and stuff, so I'm here. I, I was gonna say you got to sound a little bit more excited for these questions now. You need some coffee? You need to need to take a break? Oh, I'm about to, <laughs> I'm about to go get the coffee in just a minute. <laughs> get, get some coffee because uh, we're gonna need you to be awake on these. They're some serious ones. <laughs> okay. So okay, we have gotten through a few. Um, let's see how are we on the lines. Uh, okay. I think we lost some of you. Select the number one, you guys. If you do have a question or comment, bear with us. We'll pull you in. We won't pull you in right away, but we will get you in, okay? Uh, do you think that men today are just as scarred emotionally as women? And, uh, Aaron, since you're just popping in, and, and Rodney, jump in anytime with this because I think I sent you a question. So if you want to get in some of these questions, go ahead. Feel free. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll I'll let Eric uh, answer this question, and then uh, if we get a chance, I I really would like to go back to the last question. I I, I was writing notes, but I couldn't couldn't get in the conversation, but I'll I'll, I'll get in. Okay. Okay, can you read that question for me one more time? Do you think that men today are just as scarred emotionally as women? Oh, absolutely. But we go about – we go about – Express, expressing that emotion differently than women. The thing is, our, our stress is that 
both men and women, we want the same thing when it comes to relationships, which is happiness. But the thing that happens is, is that for men, it's hard for us to express that emotion or that, that relationship that we want or things like that is because when we put our all into a relationship, just that one woman that we've, that we've gotten to that's actually taken us to that point and then our heart gets broken, I mean, fellas, you guys can agree or disagree, but it's something that shifts in our mind. Uh, our mindset changes when we have our heart broken or when, we, uh, or when we actually go through a heartbreak or see our woman out with another man or catch him in the, in the physical act, as, uh, as Trent says, uh, when the sweat starts getting, getting going or whatever. Something shifts in our mind to the point uh, we're, we're not going to go through that anymore. So, so the thing is, is that all of our emotions, we keep it balled up. We keep it balled up inside and we don't know how to release it to a certain point. So in in, in uh in point of trying to release it, we keep it bossed up if that makes it makes any sense. Okay. Okay. All right. Rodney you wanted to jump in on that? Um I will. Um I'll say that uh men are um as equally start as women. Um in today's time and I'll say that it is because um it, it all starts at home. And I think the absence of one parent um, is an issue, uh, whether it be the mother or the father. Um, And then having two parents of the same sex or having a lack of parents. And I think that's where it all starts from because you need, and, and granted, let me throw this out there, whatever people's sexuality is, is their business. I don't, you know, um, I don't knock people for how, how they choose to live. But I will say that you need both the the mother and the father, or typically something goes lacking, and that can be made up for, I guess, you know, by having strong male figures or strong female figures in your life. But usually that's where it starts. Or if there's a lack of parents, and and, and I hear people say that usually uh, females go after men who are like their fathers, or um, you know, men go after women who are are like their mothers. And so I think that, you know, that can sometimes play a part in it as well. But we all usually get our heart broken at some point when we are young, when we think that we know what love is. We think that we know who we are. And then we get this rude awakening either in high school or in college or in our 20s or whenever, you know, whenever it does happen. And then all of a sudden, you know, we we carry on as emotionally scarred beings, and then the problem is a lot of times we don't even know that we are scarred, and we think that, you know, how we carry on as an individual is who we really are, but in all actuality, it is who you have become. It is your reaction to what has happened to you because we don't know how to deal with adversity. We don't know how to deal with trouble. We don't know how to deal with trials and tribulations, and so because of that, because we don't have that strength, that comes from home, that comes from your upbringing. Because we don't have that, then it affects men just as much as it does women. Hmm. Do you all feel that it's it's harder for men to, um, or harder for a woman to um, convince that man of her love if he has been severely broken or hurt? Is it almost um, impossible? 
I think that it's. I think that it's. Uh, and and again, this is Rodney. I think that it is more difficult uh, uh, for the man to convince the woman. I think that men. I think that men, for some reason, I think that we know, unless we're in denial, we know who we're dealing with. We know who's the one. We know who's not the one. Now, we may try to convince you because we know that you can see right through this this woman that she is not the one. But, you know, for, for whatever reason, right now, we want to be with her. So if we're as long as we're not in denial or lying to ourselves, we know who we're dealing with. We know who we're looking at. And so if she's the one, then there are no issues. She she can no, get us she could she can get us very easily. However, we can be the one. But because of what this dude did five years ago and what the dude after that which he tried to give another chance with because of what he did, now we have all of these issues. I think it is much harder and then you have to remember oh, wow. women are are usually more emotional than men are. So where we can let things go easier and faster, women can't do that. Okay, mm-hmm. I'd like to hear, and then we'll take and a call. I'd like to hear everybody's, uh, so Rodney, you're saying it's harder for the man, right, to convince? No, it's harder for the it's harder for no, the woman to, to let go or to see that, you know, he is the right one for her. So I'm saying you're, you're saying it's harder for the man to convince that woman because of all the stuff, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. All right, if if you if everybody will say yay, yay or nay on that or what their thoughts are, and then we'll take our caller. I, this, this is Trent. I think it goes along with, um, uh, again, you know, on the individual person, whether it be a man or a woman. I was in a situation, and it was very hard for me to, uh, to let go. And I've been in situations where it was very hard for the woman. So me personally, I believe it's uh, an individual thing. The man will always say it's, it's easy because he has that pride thing to go along with. But when a man, you know, throws his pride out the door and, you know, get on with life and tap into itself, it's not a problem. So it's an individual thing, uh, man and woman, in my okay. opinion. Okay. Oh, wow. Anthony, are you? Um, yeah, that's a great question. I don't um. I've seen it bad on both sides. Um, I've seen it bad where, like um, Brother Rodney was saying, that um, the woman puts you through hell and back to try to convince her that you are different than the last person. And then I've seen it from even some of my guys on some of the things they they put certain women through when they even had their heart broke. I think the biggest thing, the difference is that when you're talking about emotions, and when a man gets his heart broken, he doesn't know how to channel that energy. So his reaction is a lot different than most women because, truth be told, they just know how to channel it for the most part. You know, there's always going to be a few women where we can just think of, like, oh, no, nah, she can't channel nothing. She just flat out crazy. But for the most part, generally, most women can. Um, but for a man, you know, we're dealing with these all different type of emotions that we never was taught as kids to deal with. So you add getting hurt to that, man, you know, ain't no telling what direction that brother going to go. So I'm just going to just play it safe and say on both sides I've seen some real horrific stories. Okay. All right. Aaron? Yeah, I mean, and, and this this is a question I can uh, 
I can relate to very personal personally because I've actually been through it just like uh, Trent relate related to it too as well. See, I've been on this side where um, where I was the one trying to convince women like, okay, I am the one. I'm not like those guys or whatever. But I was punished for things that happened in her past, three to six years um, down previous to. I was being punished or I was being judged based on that man's past reactions or actions or what have you. And I've also been in a situation where a woman, she was trying to convince me that vice versa, she was the one. But the only thing the only thing that I was doing on my part was just like, just like uh, Trent said, was with that pride issue. I was just only transfusing uh, pain onto her. Because at that time, I did not know how to deal with those type of emotions. And the only way I can deal with that is to release it through <laughs> just transfusing all that baggage or that pain onto someone else. You see what I'm saying? And the thing is, is that we have to uh, understand how to tap into ourselves. We have to uh, learn how to tap into uh, uh, coming to the point of actually knowing our words. You see what I'm saying? And knowing the fact that that uh, we're not the only ones out here dealing with this with with this uh, lack of being able to deal with our emotions. So it took, I can relate both sides uh, to that because I experienced both sides. Okay. Okay. If I may, before, because I'm going to have to get off in a minute, so I'm going to just okay. say one more thing. Um, okay. The most important thing is that we all have great solutions, like from Brother Rodney, um, Brother Trent, and Brother Aaron. And I'm sure Brandon was on. He'll have some great insight, too. Um, but we, we need to start kind of forming all this into some more solutions. Remember when I was down and I was saying better questions and better answers? So we got the better questions, so now we need to come up with more better answers and then turn those into solutions or organized action. And then I think we'll start getting somewhere. Um, you know, and for the women, for your women listeners, if it's um, something more specific um, that you're that you're looking for from any of us, maybe you should inbox us or whatever the case may be, because I know sometimes on some shows you just don't want to be exposed, and I get that because a lot of things I don't want to be exposed as well. But I think this is a great form of what you're doing, what you did at the conference was just the start. How you transferring the energy over to this radio show is great. And anything that I can do to continue to help that vision, just let me know. And I'm sorry I have to go, but I had a long day. That's okay, that's okay. And Brandon's here. Um, so I guess he'll chime in. He's here listening. So he'll chime okay. in now that you have to go. He'll he'll fill in. And um, I, cool, cool. I, you're so right about the answers. We have to start. I feel, you guys, that we have the answers. We know. We just don't want to do, like you said, an organized action. We don't want to go through the process that's necessary for this change because it takes honesty. It takes you to realize that some of your stuff really stinks and that you have to deal with mm-hmm. it. And that's the part. We want to live in this facade, this make-believe world without working to make a change. And that takes denying who you really, really are and the things that you've done, accepting, and, and like Trent said about karma, some of this stuff you just got to go through and deal with and and wait till that rain or that storm. But keep going. Keep moving. Keep planting the seeds that you are now growing inside, plant different seeds. You'll get different things. So thank you, Anthony. Um, we'll hopefully do this again soon. Okay, thank you. Y'all take care. Okay. Take it easy. All right, and let's take our caller. Bringing in a caller from 901 uh, with the last four digits of 7764. You're back on with us. Oh, it's me again, Tammy. 
Sherilyn. I wanted to uh, actually, um, Anthony, I believe is his name, actually responded to what I was going to say in all of these areas via communication, um, having the conversation before the sweat dries. How intentional are we being in our relationships and in our selection process? Um, it almost seems foreign. I think you and I kind of touched on this Saturday when people don't talk about the elephant in the room. You know, we don't talk about the things that matter. We are so busy focused on the attraction piece uh, and not running somebody off that we don't have those important conversations. And so what I what I would ask is that of all of the common, uh, you know, whether it's we have we each have issues and how we're dealing with them and what baggage we bring and all of that. But beyond that, is there a plan when you, if you know you left home and your intent was to meet a beautiful lady, you know, or meet a nice gentleman, what was your plan, you know, to talk about or to, to communicate to that person that your expectations were? You know, are we being intentional once again in um, selecting people who are open to uh, change, productive input into the relationship or are we just kind of settling for whatever we're attracting? You know, so that's my question and my statement yes, as well. If I may that's chime great. in real quick, I want I want to hear you all too, but um, and, and Trent, you'll probably kind of say this, but um, I don't think people have a plan because it's hard to select and to know who you want and who you're looking for if you don't know who you are and who you left home being. We're so busy trying to be this person around this crowd, this this person at work, this person at home, this person at church. No one really gets the real you. We walk around in these clown suits with these clown faces, not knowing who we are. So when someone comes up, we should be able to immediately eliminate this person, one or two, maybe three questions. And if you're feeling okay and think I might just be having a bad day, maybe four or five questions. But because there's such a lack of self, it, the choices that we're making are detrimental to our lives. So that, I just want to throw that in. But Rodney and so we have Rodney on, um, Aaron, I think. Aaron, you still with us? Hello. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm here. I'm going I'm to pick it back off of Tammy. This is Trent. Um, I, I totally agree with you, Tammy. Um, a, a, a majority of us are living superficial lives. So when we tend to get on that first date, that's why one is speaking English and the other is speaking Portuguese. Because, you know, no one's <laughs> no one's authentic. Uh, you know, they're holding back the conversation. Well, I'm not going to say this because I don't want them to look at me this way. I'm not going to say that because I don't want them to look at me that way. But in all honesty, if you just bring it all and put it all on the table, hey, listen, I got some baggage here. Um, you know, we can help sort through this stuff, but it's up to you. It's totally up to you. A person will accept you, you know, faster, a lot faster if you're honest with them. One, you know, they'll they'll leave from that, that dinner table with one or two things. They'll say this dude is crazy as hell, or he is honest as I've ever heard another man be honest. And we just have to bring true trust. We just have to bring true trust and honesty to the, you know, when we encounter people. This, this is Rodney, and I'm going to say... Go ahead, Aaron. Go ahead, Aaron. No, you go ahead, Rodney. You go ahead, Aaron. Uh, I was just going to say, um, I, I don't think that we have these conversations that matter, and when we leave home, 
always say that you have to you have to listen to people when they are not trying to impress you. If you first meet someone, when you when you first meet someone, the very first thing you see is the physical. You 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 cannot deny that, you know. And and, and in being honest, no, we don't want to wake up uh, next to Flavor Flav. I know I don't. You know I don't want to wake up to a, I don't want to wake up to a woman, and I'm just like, Lord, how did I end up in this bed? Especially don't want to marry her. So we cannot deny that physically there has to be some attraction there. Now it should not be, you know your main reason for staying with someone, but we cannot deny it because that's, that, that's the first thing you see. However, when you are starting to date, when you're starting to get to know people, listen to them when you know that they are not trying to impress you. Be, and, and, and be very careful um, up front. Be very careful about, you know, suggesting things or, or, or saying that, you know, this is what I want or this is what I'm looking for. And I say that because when you do that, if you're telling me, if you're telling me that as a woman, oh, I want to be married, I want to have, I want to have kids, blah, 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 and I don't want those things, but you have something that I want, guess what? I want kids too. So you have to be very careful. I mean, just have normal conversations, just, you know, just just go out there, talk about the important things. But when you're just having those casual conversations and that person doesn't think that you're really paying attention, then that's when you listen. You listen closely. Like, for example, and then I'm I'm gonna let Aaron jump in here. If you're if you're if you're having a conversation with someone, and you know, they they're saying to you, well, I just don't want to die alone. I just don't want to grow old by myself. That doesn't mean that they want you. That just means that they don't want to grow by themselves. And right now, you're it. So you you have to you have to you know just pay attention to people when they know or when they think that hey, they they ain't really listening right now, because people will always tell themselves. Give them time, they'll tell themselves. Okay. Anything uh, before we go to the next question? Yeah, I want to uh, want to chime in on that and uh, and give my little two cents or whatever on that <laughs> if I can. What do you, what <laughs> but no, three, but no, I, three cents. Three cents. Can I can? Train, you think I can buy five? <laughs> you get about fifty cents. About fifty cents. <laughs> no, but seriously though, I think I think this this is why I say that that uh, dating and relationships is the most misconstrued concept. There is is because when we approach one another, there is no intentions because of the simple fact that we we're we're approaching with a mask on. It's a mask. It's like we're we're coming. It's like we're coming to a masquerade ball. You see what I'm saying? And it's like we don't we don't we don't actually know what our intentions are because we have the mask on. And what you see is that mask. Just like uh, brother uh, brother Rodney said and uh, Trent said too as well. That's why um, the whole observation of evaluation is so critical in dating and relationships because that once you really hone in on on that observant uh, that observant discernment that you have, if you're truly ready to uh, be in a relationship or have something long term because this is not going to work if you're not in the mindset of being with someone long term or having a relationship or looking or finding love. It's not going to work. 
Because if you're still in that mindset of saying, okay, well, I've been hurt by this person or I've been hurt by that person, if you have not released any of that negative energy or that baggage or emotional baggage that you have, you're going to continue to fall for whatever comes your way. You're not going to have that discernment on. You're not going to have – it's not going to be on – it's not going to be uh, on point to the point of you being able to decipher a good judgment or a good value in a mate. You're going to continue to fall for that same stuff that you fell for um, years prior to. But now when you release that energy and get to the point of understanding and knowing yourself, knowing your worth, knowing who you are, making love to yourself first before somebody else can love you, then you can be able to come and say, okay, well, uh, I saw that from I saw that from 10 miles back. Sorry, you can't have my number. Don't approach me. That's when you can be able to come and, and throw up the radars or the stop, stop signs, and you can be able to say, okay, well, this person is not meant for me. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, and so that's that's where that's why that's where uh, we have to come and um, we have to observe our why factors in a in a situation. You can start asking those questions now uh, to yourself. Okay, well, I'm going to observe all of my whys about this person. Okay, why when this guy approached me or this woman approached me, it seems it seems kind of iffy. So now I'm going to observe this person a little bit closer. Now, once you observe this person a little bit closer, now that you now you see they've been putting on a facade for so long, now you get to see the real them. After mm-hmm. after after seeing the fake them, you see what I'm saying? You observe a person to the point of them being able to show you them, show you their actual self. Because the thing is, and they, I mean, like when I when I was out there, train off and up in the backtrack, ten years back. So bear with. Me. When I was out there. I would show up. I would. I promise. You, I was this person, that person. I would not show a person my real self. For one, because of the pride issue. Two, because of ju- I didn't want to be judged. I wanted to actually be whoever that person wanted me to be, just so I can get what I wanted from that person. And that's what's happening today in dating and relationships. That's it's the most misconstrued concept there is, because we it's like we're going into it with a with a mask. We're attending a masquerade ball. I could I, I could not I could not agree with you more, uh, Brandon. Are you there? I am. Hey, good 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 to have you on, man. Good to have you on. Thank you. Good good to be on. Sorry I came in a, a bit late, but thank y'all for having me. Hey, man, it's all right. Just don't be late to your funeral, man. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Brandon. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and pull you into this conversation, and so the the, the next question I want. Um, I want you to answer it first, and then uh, Trent and uh, Aaron, I want you to uh, jump in too. But Brandon, okay. why do you think? Um, why do you think it is that men believe that a strong, independent woman uh, cannot be submissive or do not want their guidance? Why do you think that is? Um. Well, I I think that many strong women who are are very used to being independent. Um, I think they that they do desire that that submissiveness. They they desire to be like my mother says, somebody's baby, and they desire the strong leader of a man in in, uh, in order to lead a family the way that God intended. But I think in the in the past of a lot of women, especially our women uh, who have been raised in mostly single mother households where the father has has left or they've been hurt time and time again, it comes down to a matter of trust. 
And so a lot of a lot of sisters have their guards up so much to where they desire the guidance of, of a man and they desire that that leadership and they desire to to be submissive to a man, but they don't trust him enough to let go of the reins of their you know of, of what they have going on. I truly don't believe in a, in a relationship where like a woman's in a relationship and she says I'm independent, then that's that's not a relationship. You know that because okay. I, I understand that uh, if I'm if I have a significant other and we're living together, then I depend on her and she depends on me. If 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 one of those legs is is uh, is broken, then there's a limp in the body, and and so I I, I kind of try to stray away from the phrase independent man or independent woman, especially in the in the light of having a family. But I think a, a lot of times men uh, can't get past that guard, and so it's just it. it and women have good reason in a lot of times to, to, to have that guard up because, again, so many men in their lives have betrayed them or they or hurt them. So they're like, oh, I can't let this happen to me again. You know, mainly it stems from their fathers. Um, and then the, the first man that tells them that they love them, they, they open up to and they become, uh, you know, they become emotionally involved after a physical confrontation or a, a physical, um, you know, they have sex. Uh, so I, I think that's the root of it all. Is that the, the, naturally a woman desires that, but that's her nature. But what's happened in her environment is that she's been hurt by the the same men that she's looking for that guidance and looking for that that uh, that leadership from. And I think that just creates a complex that we have to break down chip by chip. It's not going to be a one fixed thing. It's going to take patience, and it's going to take the. Uh, the patience of a lot of sisters and, and, and sisters letting their guard down and, and brothers taking on that responsibility and holding themselves accountable for both what they say and what these sisters. Because we, my mother told me, you know, a long time ago when uh, when I wasn't too considerate of, of the words that I would say to a woman, that, uh, Brandon, you know, women don't listen with their ears, they listen with their heart. And, uh, and that always stuck with me. And so I started to curb some of the things that I would say because – while they sounded really nice to me, they were penetrating not just her, you know, her ears. They were going straight to, to a woman's heart. And I didn't understand the, the emotional attachments and the implications that that had. And so that, that might have ended up in a woman having her heart broken. Uh, and then going on to the next man carrying that baggage, and, 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 and that would be that strong woman. It's not, it's not really, yes, she may be strong, but it's, uh, many times it is this facade of, oh, I don't need you. Oh, I don't need anybody. So a man's like, well, what what am I here for? So I think I think the the root of it all is a matter of trust and a matter of um, being hurt and not having uh, positive role models as far as men in their lives. Okay, okay. I, I will say this re- really quickly. Um, I did hear um, a man say one time that that the reason why it does not work, you know, with the whole independent woman. Uh, title is because women women have gotten to a place where like women are in, in high um, positions or, high, or or serving in high roles or in their jobs and so then they come home and then they want to they want to be that same person in in, in the household and then the man is like well wait a minute like this <laughs> this is not going to work so I heard somebody say that one time I don't know your thoughts but we still do have our caller. Um, online. So, really quickly, uh, Trin and Aaron, uh, call us. Sherilyn, do you do you have anything to add? Uh, just two words. Uh, with I, I'm sorry. Oh, hold on. Go ahead. I'm sorry. 
were you speaking to me? I wanted to make sure not to speak out of turn. <laughs> this no, is Sherilyn. Yes, I was talking to you. I'm sorry. Okay, that's fine. I appreciate that. And actually, it is so amazing. I just had this conversation with a gentleman friend of mine who is trying to get back into dating. And I said, we, we kind of need some transition time. Uh, and I'm in total agreement with everything Brandon said. Um, and even, I don't know, the gentleman who invited me back on the call, what was your name? I'm sorry, me? Okay, I'm trying trying to keep track of everybody. Who who spoke last and invited me back to the call? Uh, I, uh, that was me, Rodney. And Brandon was Rodney, uh, okay. Hey, me. Rodney. Well, I agree with you both, but here's what I want to say back to what Brandon said. I was saying to the friend of mine, and I said, we have been pushed into a role that doesn't suit us, that we're we're not really designed for, but we're not allowed an opportunity to transition. I used to tell my children, I was in a power job, made more than my husband at the time, I'm divorced, but I, I would say, give me a minute to debrief. Just, just let me get that off of me, and then I can nurture you. But right now, I've been running a company all day, so I need just a time to just because we don't we don't walk in and out of our roles as easily because we are natural nurturers, natural givers, natural you know all of that comes naturally to us. So that other role, it's a as you say, if you have a facade, that's the other life that you have to live to make things work, bring home the bacon fried up in a pan. But we do want to come home and walk back into that, yes, baby, here's, I've made breakfast at 2 o'clock in the morning for my husband and, and wanted to, to be that person for him, tired, un, whatever, you know, just unable to work through all of the other challenges. But sometimes we need some transition time. So whether it's the beginning stages of a relationship and you see her as that mogul, mom and power woman and all of those things. She loves the lifestyle that that creates, but she also wants to be able to surrender to you when she comes home. So when you don't create a a, a safe environment um, for her to do that, it is almost overwhelming because we feel like we can't win. We want to love you. We want to support you. We want to like I said, surrender our will, but we need a safe place to do it in because we've been beat upon all day by the outside, and we need to come home and know that we can be vulnerable and still be amazing and still be desired and still be all of that stuff without making you all feel like we don't we don't want it. And so, like I said, the consensus seems to be that y'all feel like we, we want to stay over there, but we don't, we haven't had an opportunity to, and my pastor says it wonderfully. He rolled over one night and asked his wife, he said, you know, I've failed you so many times, you don't trust me anymore. Not in terms of his moral failure, but he would commit to projects and assignments and, baby, I'm going to invest in this and do that. And we just, y'all don't ask us, you tell us. So, um, And I, maybe that's to take some of that power back or you feel like you've got to compete with us inside the house. I'm not sure. But we just want to be able to trust you and feel safe. I got some more people in the chat line, so we're getting some feedback there. I'm not sure what's going on, but I know, I think Trent, you wanted to chime in as well. And Sherilyn, thank yeah. you so much for comments. We got a few more callers and people in the chat line. Okay, so I'm going to talk out. With us Sorry, thank you. Again. Okay. okay. All right. All right. Uh, in, in, in a nutshell, yeah, in a nutshell, thanks, Dan. In a nutshell, mm-hmm. uh, what Brandon said is just on point, um, straight to the point. In a nutshell, it's a uh, the, the woman is actually attracted to the alpha male. Um, I was in a situation where my ex-wife, you know, was, you know, six figures, high six figures. But we all had an understanding that 
when you hit that, you know, you hit that garage to open it, you're at Williams Enterprise at this point. So, in a nutshell, it goes back to the man, the, re- the responsibility of the man. So, you have to actually, for the man, and I like to hold God's accountable. It's like, hey, when you pull that chair out, you know, she, you know, make sure that she feels comfortable, you know, without looking back, that she's going to sit down and that chair is going to be there. It goes back to the responsibility. You know, it goes back to the responsibility of the man. You set the tone mm-hmm. in the household. You set the tone in that exactly. marriage. It's, it's up to that man. So when she sits, mm-hmm. make sure she's not looking back. Make sure she's confident enough to sit down and looking forward. Okay. So, excellent, excellent comment, Brandon. Good stuff. Okay. Um, Rodney, do you have a question that we have not asked that you want to throw in? If not, I have them right here in front of me. Um, well, uh, I'll take the chat line after that. I'll, I'll say this first. Uh, I'll say this first. Um, I do think that there are some, um, and this is only based on what I've seen, I do think that there are some women who just refuse um no matter what the man does, they refuse to allow that man to create that environment for her. I, I have seen that. But what I will say to the men, if that is the case, then if you can't be a man, then guess what? You need to move on. Because I have seen I have seen situations where no matter what a man does, the woman just refuses to let him be a man. And so at that point, I think the man just needs to keep it moving because if you can't be a man, if you cannot create that safety zone for your woman, if you cannot create that space for her, if she won't allow you to do that, then at a certain point you have to say, you know what, this just is not for me. Okay. Aaron? And my question, my, my question, my, my question would be uh, to to Brandon, Aaron, and Antrin and any of the of the listeners, um, why do you think that it is that in in today's time in 2014, why do you think that it is um, why do you think that it is not like promoted? Um, healthy relationships are not promoted. When we look at at TV, we don't see the Cosby Show anymore. Uh, we see these reality shows where these celebrities are, are acting like they have no sense at all. Why do you think that it is that our society no longer promotes healthy relationships? I, I, I'll comment on that. I like to chime in because I, I know I'm going to have to jump off here. And I mean, I want to, uh, if I could, I want to go back to that previous question, then I'll answer your question, Rodney, if that's okay. That's fine with me. Okay. Well, the thing with about the whole. Uh, uh, transition of roles and, and things like that. Uh, I think uh, here in our times and in the modern times that we're in now, I think the thing is is that women have been forced and have been pushed into that role because of the simple fact, just like, uh, I mean, I think some of us, uh, some of the callers or people that are on the line is because men were not being held accountable for our actions. You know what I'm saying? In this time, men have men. We have fallen short of our purpose and our time and our calling as a man. So now it's it's put it's put a put a it's shifted the roles a little bit, uh, not a little bit, but a lot. Does that make sense, uh, Rodney? Yes, sir. 
Yeah, and the thing, and, and uh, I mean, the thing is, I, I, I use this analogy all the time. Uh, um, that, and I and I think Trent, he's been he this analogy is basically his uh, his his task. Uh, the income in the house, a woman, she can make six figures. A man, he can make 30000 a year. But the thing is, if that man's leadership is not in place, then he cannot effectively lead his household nor his family. You have to be a, you, your leadership has to be intact as a man in order for a woman to be submissive to you because that's one thing, that's one of the characteristics that attracts a woman. And what Trent stated is the alpha male. You see what I'm saying? And the thing is that if if your leadership is not intact, then you're not going to, the woman is not going to reciprocate the love and affection that you're due uh, in, that, in that relationship if that one characteristic is not intact because you, you don't have the ability, you don't have the ability to, uh, to actually uh, lead and, uh, and guide your family or cultivate your family. Uh, or, or your your relationship, or or your woman, uh, the woman you're with, in a sense too as well. Does that make sense, Rodney? Yep. <laughs> and then uh, chime in on the uh, next question that that you just asked. Uh, I think the reason reason being is because I mean that's not what that's not what people want to see. You know what I'm saying? It's a it's a lot of positive it's a lot of positive relationships out there that promote healthiness. But it doesn't get shown because because that's not what people want to see. I mean, it's all about about what those viewers want to see. You have people that that watch Atlanta Housewives. You got uh, that where they argue and they divorce every week, or they get married. They have a a grand wedding on one show. Next week they're divorced or something like that. So I mean, it's 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 based it's basically a stagnation of the mind. Basically, what the media puts out there, that's what we're going to go with. You know, if if this season, well, okay, well, I want a, a jump off and a wife. Okay, this is what I want to have. Or basically, whatever the media promotes, that's what we're going to go with because they dominate. Because if you're watching that stuff, it dominates your thoughts. And in and in reality, thoughts are reality. You see what I'm saying? They manifest into reality. So whatever you're watching, whatever you're looking at, that's basically what you're going to become. I mean, unhealthy relationships. That's what they're going to dominate our minds with, with which is unhealthy relationships. Right. I, I would like to chime in on that a little bit too. This is Brandon. Um, I think that uh, we have, we have, as a society, have come into a time of, of living vicariously through TV or through entertainment, um, and 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 that has all kinds of uh, ramifications and, and ripple effects all across our community. For example, um, uh, there's a lot of a lot of people in our community that are are struggling for money. You know, they're one check from being broke. So they're they're working more and more and more, both women and men. So this is breaking up the family. The families aren't as close. We're lacking in those um, substantial relationships that usually would bind the families, bind the communities, and keep everyone together. So now that everyone's working and hustling so much just to make do. Uh, the family's broken up, and we come home and we live vicariously through the television. So because we're we're not having these adequate relationships, we we look to television to say, oh, okay, I'm, I'm going to live through that. That's why people watch, you know, scandals so much. You know, they look people will miss, you know, their son's basketball game in order to catch an episode. And and when when that happens, there's still some some part of of you that wants to live true life. 
So this creates angst. This creates anxiety. This creates uh, aggression. And this comes out in the form of wanting to see more drama. And, and if you think about it, you know, if, if something good happens to somebody and they come into the office and they're like, oh, I, I, you know, I bought a new car. You know, no, everybody in the office will hear that and then it'll be out of their ears and out of their minds five minutes later. But if somebody comes in and say, man, I got in an argument with my wife, she is crazy. People will be talking about that for a week. And it's just that negative orientation of thought because people are living vicariously through television and entertainment, and they're frustrated in their hearts. So they want to see more drama. They want to see. It's like it's like a child who's not who's not getting adequate care at home. He acts out at school. He he he, he goes towards more drama. And I think that's what's going on. It's, that's a little that's a little deep um, to answer that question. But I really think that that's. That's what's going on emotionally. That we just have we're we're tending to a negative orientation of thought, and this is the reason why no news is good news. It's been sensationalized. It's it positivity doesn't really sell. It, it makes everyone feel warm and fuzzy, but at the end of the day, hardly anyone remembers it. No one's gonna go off to their to their their coworkers or their their church group or their group of friends or or, or any community and say, oh, let me speak about all the positive things. More so, people will go and say. Man, did you hear what happened? You know, no one, instead of speaking about, I mean, even in sports, guys do it. Uh, instead of speaking about how many points somebody made or how the team worked together, they'll talk about somebody getting cramps or somebody who got in a fight. You know, these are the things that we cling on to. And, and likewise, in our lives, we might be able to count, you know, our problems on one hand, but we'll stick on those those problems for, for the whole week, the whole month, while we don't even give any notice to how many blessings we have. And those are innumerable. We could be counting for the rest of our lives. So. I agree with you. Okay, well, um, Trent, anything? Yeah, uh, great question. Uh, great, uh, great question, uh, Rodney. Uh, my answer is it all goes back to Revelations. It's in the book. So the reason why it's happening today, it all goes back to Revelations. So you all feel that it's 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 revelation, but do do you feel that we have we still have a choice to make though? Or or is just got oh yeah, is this fulfillment of the Bible. I had this old man used to say it's fulfillment of the Bible, Georgia girl just leave it alone. Yeah, but in my belief, it's 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 the the fulfillment of the Bible. I mean, that's just it. It's it's all in Revelation. As far as that, that was an excellent question, Rodney. Um, it's all in Revelation. I think that I think that it is. I think that it is both. I, I, I think that both are true, Tammy. I think that um that if we really think about it. Um, you know, we, we we confess and we believe that God is all-knowing and God is, you know, all-powerful and, and everything. And so God knew a long time ago what was going to come, pass, come to pass. However, God does not interfere, interfere, interfere with free will, but God knows us as well. And God... I, God can make us do the right thing if he wants us to, but where's the love in that? And if it were that simple, guess what? Adam and Eve would have never sinned. 
if it were that simple. But being human when it comes to good and bad, we can we uh we can choose one or the other. We do have a choice. But unfortunately we tend to choose what's not best for us. We tend to want what everyone else wants. We tend like like Brandon just said, we tend to want to make T V our life. We we tend you know, I I'm my last name is Jordan, but you know, I wanna be a Kardashian. You know, that that's the that's the that's the mindset that we have and the world is just becoming more wicked every single day. Yeah. It, it all goes back to uh, a great comment, by the way, uh, Ryan. It all goes back to tapping into your higher inner self, though. You know what I'm saying? When are we going to take responsibility for this? I mean, who hasn't read the Bible? It's the most published book in the world, and everything that's in that Bible is coming to pass. Everything. So... When are we going to take responsibility for a lot of this stuff? Just because they put it on television does not mean that we have to see it. Just because they put it on the radio does not mean that we have to listen to it. When are we going to take responsibility for ourselves and tap into our higher inner selves? I'm talking to the to, to the audience here. When are we going to when are we going to do that? That's what the issue is. The issue is always with self. It's not with the society. Yeah, we know that's wicked. You know, we see that. Every day, daily, you know. But when are we going to take responsibility? You know, to walk on the right side. Hmm. Tim, I also think that that it goes back to, uh, you know, we referenced the the, the uh, Willie Lynch letter as well. And while we know that we don't have to, um, you know, allow those things to come to pass. If you if you look at the way that things are today, and then you look at that letter, you 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 see where it's coming from. You know whether it's real or fake, you see where it's coming from, and I think the Bible confirms exactly what is happening today. And and I'll share this real quick. I was at a conference. Uh, I was at a, a at a teachers convention all last week. And do you know last, uh, either Friday or Saturday, all of a sudden there are all of these new business items about LGBTQ, uh, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer, right, about how we need to make sure that these things are implemented into the curriculum. Wait a second. Uh, Wait a second, Ronnie. Wait wait a second, Ronnie. Wait a second. You, you're saying you're at a, a, a teacher's conference and all this stuff is being implemented? No, no, no. It, th- these things came up and uh, basically, um, you know, uh, members of, of the National Education Association, uh, you know, educators, support staff, just like myself, um, you know, you can present something that you want the association to lobby um, for or to fight for. And so one of the main things that came up, and it came up last summer, too, when I went. And so either Friday or Saturday, we went about five business items, five new business items in a row that were strictly about LGBTQ, right, and how we need to make sure that it is um, a part of our curriculum. Right now, our curriculum is biased. Uh, we don't. We, we we have not created a safe environment um, for our for our students. 
And what got me this year was it went all. They were saying that we need to make this happen uh, starting in pre-K. And so here we are, and, and we're talking about how much this is going to cost. And granted, the cost came up to probably, if you total it up, probably close to $100,000 as to what this is going to cost in teachers associated. People rally behind it. They are gun-ho. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, it, you should see the way that they went. Well, this guy stood up. This guy uh, created a business item. Well, African-American males are the um, uh, have the highest percentage, you know, when it, when it comes to prison. And so he was saying instead of allowing the money, uh, you know, that our government has, you know, to be used to make sure that, like, you know, prisons are, are doing this or doing that, why don't we take that money and start, you know, implementing programs to try to keep our boys out of prison instead of, you know, once they're in there trying to make sure that they're okay. Why don't we take measures to make sure that they don't end up in, in the first place? Guess what? It was voted down. Oh, wow. It was voted down. You know, something, <laughs> and, and when, when you said pre-K, do you see that? Do you see where actually Satan is playing the seed? Yeah. That's ridiculous. And, and, but, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. When it came up, guess what? Everybody was gung-ho. Everybody was cheering, standing up and all of that. But let's keep the black boys from going to jail. No, we can't do that. Wow. Let's, let's, come, let's come up with some programs. Starting when these boys are, are in, you know, these, these elementary grades, we can't do that. But it just goes back to show you, guess what? We have transformed as a society. If you speak against homosexuality, guess what? Now you're the one who's abnormal. Now you're the one who's wrong. But because that's where we are now as a society. You're no longer allowed to have an opinion when it comes to homosexuality. Either you're for it or you're just wrong. Wow. Wow. All right. Um, you guys got time for one or two more questions? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Okay, let's see. Um, Remember, Tammy, I, I'm off all summer long. I got plenty of time. Yeah, I did. I, I just went ahead and told Trent that you and I will stay on till 11 o'clock. <laughs> Look, after the show is over, we tell people to, to just call in when they disconnect the chat line. Just call in. <laughs> so, and Trent said he's in for the ride. So let's do it. We still have Trent and Brandon on with us. So here's one. Provide characteristics of a wife, a permanent girlfriend, and or a jump off. We're keeping it real here Brandon. tonight. Brandon, you, you want to get in on that? <laughs> <laughs> Trent, don't put my son in a hot seat. No, I, I can go first. <laughs> <laughs> I missed the first part of the question, but if you ask it again, I'll go first. Go ahead, Ron. Uh, I can go. I can go if y'all want. Oh, okay. <laughs> I missed. I missed the first part of the question, though. Ask it again, Tammy. Okay, well, I'll just break it up. Provide characteristics of a wife. The characteristics of a wife. Yes. Um, I think that everyone should turn to what is Proverbs, the thirty-first chapter, the virtuous woman, and that's my answer. That, that those are the characteristics <laughs> of a wife for me. Okay. Well, for me. Hey, um, you guys. I don't know if if I'm 
reason I'm hearing feedback, and I've gotten a text that, and, and uh, Rodney, it seems to be when you are talking, I hear Trent pretty good. I didn't know if you changed your location or went on speaker or something, but it's a, when I hear you're back to the way we began. When you talk, I hear it again, like it's a feedback. No? I'm not I'm not sure why that Nothing is. Nothing different. Uh, Nothing changed. To, okay. I could try to change locations, but now, I'm not see, sure whatever, why that I don't is. hear it now, so I don't know if you moved or something's going on, but it went away. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I have no idea. I'm sorry. Okay, no problem. Provide characteristics of a wife. Characteristics, and, uh, uh, characteristics for me, this is track. Um, I'm going to be as candid as I can be. Um that it goes back to the communication. It goes back to what we both like in the bedroom and out of the bedroom. Um, she can be a lady, and then, you know, in the bedroom we deal how we deal. So all that stuff has to be communicated, and she has to be strong. She has to be timid at the same time. So it's a, it's a complete balance for me personally. Okay, Brandon. Mm-hmm. But you know, Tammy, I did say that. I did say that marriage was uh, overrated. Yeah, overrated. you did. Yeah, yeah. For all you listeners out there, he did at the conference say that marriage was overrated. <laughs> However, he came back and tried to correct it. I don't know how good he did with that, but he did say that. So, <laughs> Brandon, characteristics okay, of a wife. Okay, you want me to go through all three, or just or just a wife? Just start. Let's start with the wife part first. Okay. Because I can kind of hit all three real quick, but um, well, if you want to hit them real quick, go ahead. Okay, okay. Characteristics of a wife: a permanent girlfriend <clears throat> and it jumps on. Right. A wife is a woman that I could sense that she's not gonna give in to me so quickly when I meet her. She she's a woman who reserves uh, the treasures of a woman, and we all know what that is, both physically, emotionally, and mentally. She reserves those for one person in particular. And she does not lend those out. She does not lease those. She does not rent those. She doesn't let people borrow and give it back to her. Now, a girlfriend is someone who kind of, a permanent girlfriend is a girl who kind of, though she does it a little bit, she'll, she'll give most things to you, but every now and then she'll, she'll kind of give some of those things, even if it's not physical, but emotionally and mentally, to some other guys. A jump off is somebody who gives it all to everybody. And that's the difference to me. So it's, just, it's, it's, it's those levels. It's those levels of modesty. There's a reason I like this guy. I'm gonna keep you I away think, from Trent. Oh wow! I think, I think those are good. Those are good points. Can you hear me well? Okay now. I can hear you fine now. I don't know what is happening. Maybe it's just in the air. But um, I have no okay. idea. Maybe I'm still getting adjusted. Um, if you don't mind, I would like to read part of this. Um, uh, virtuous woman, I, because I think that it ties into the thing, the, the points that we've tried to make to, make tonight. Okay, great. Let's do it. All right. And for those of you listening, it is Proverbs, the 31st chapter, uh, beginning at verse 10, and it says, Who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies? The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. She is like the merchant ships. She bringeth her food from afar. She rises also while it is yet night and giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. 
she considereth a field and buyeth it. With the fruit of her hands she planteth a vineyard. She girdeth her loins with strength and strengtheneth her arms. She pers- she perceiveth that her merchandise is good. Her candle goeth out by night. She layeth her hands to the spindle and her hands folded the staff. She stretcheth out her hand to the poor. Yea, she reaches forth her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. And I'll stop right there because, you know, and it's only two more verses, but I don't want to, you know, uh, get into the whole thing. But I think that if you read that and you get into that, uh, one of the first things that it says is that uh, it asks the question, who can even find one? Mm. So to me, it's not like they're on every corner. Who can find these women? I don't think that they're easy, they're easy to find. But then it says her price is far above rubies. So we know that it's not even easy to find rubies. So if it's hard to find a ruby, how much harder is it to find something that the price is greater than a ruby? And a permanent girlfriend is probably someone who has most of these characteristics. However, they never want that commitment, so the relationship is still wide open. And a jump off is just that a jump off. When you need to jump off, that's what you go and that's who you go and find. You know, that reminds me of uh, there's so much talk from women about, and and you guys know I'm hard on women because I feel as though we really can change the world. Um, in many, many ways. But so many women focus on, and there's such talk about finding uh, my Boaz, and my question has always been, are you Ruth? Are you a Ruth? Are you, you're looking for a Boaz, but what kind of woman attracted Boaz, and are you that woman? And there's so, that's one of my favorite reads, uh, the Proverbs uh, 31, talk about the Proverbs 31 woman. And women, we need to read that. And be honest with ourselves. And men, um, are you able to recognize such? Are you able to recognize, appreciate, and honor them as God would have us, as he said, love your wife as Christ has loved the church? So it's, 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 it's on both of us. It's on both yep. of us. And, and goes, in that sense, marriage is not overrated, Trent. In that sense, in that aspect I where I know, you corrected it. <laughs> Putting some humor back into the show. Mom, can I can I I wanna, I wanna say something really quick. Um what's important to me in looking for you know, in, in having a woman or when I was searching for a woman, um was was the fact that I noticed that anything that was worth something in this world was hard to touch. It was hard to find. It was hard to open, to unveil. I mean, pearls, you got to go to the bottom of the ocean. Diamonds take, you know, hundreds and maybe thousands of years from, for the carbon to form into that, that, that rock-hard diamond. And then you have to, you know, shine. It takes a lot of work, a lot of persistence. Um, jewels, gold, anything you have to dig into the, the bellies of the earth in order to find. So anything of worth takes time. Now, if I, if I go somewhere and I see, a, I see a young lady and she looks as if she could be this jewel, but I get it in the first night, or she offers it in the first night, me being the jewel that I am, hopefully I don't take it, you know, then then that makes her value go down. And that's just how every man thinks. 
It's, if a man can get it too quick, I promise y'all, we don't want it no more. We might we might Absolutely. hold on to it for a little bit because it's fun, you know. When we need a we need a release, it's there for us. But that's I mean that's like again like I said, it's like eating bread. We're just trying to get full. We're not trying to get nutrients from you. Exactly. You see what I'm saying? And, there, exactly. and there's a difference in a, in a woman that uh, that keeps herself, that reserves her chastity, that that is modest in a sense that. When when we when we holding her by her waist and we walking down the street and our hand slips a little low, she cre- she creates more distance from us to where our hands don't even touch her anymore. Now we lost we lost space there. We lost we lost um we lost some 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 we lost some some presence with her. Now we can't even touch her. See, it's a, it's just that smack on the hand. And the guy's like, oh okay, I see. I got to come correct with you. But if we can come any kind of way, uh huh. I have a question for you. Okay. How old are you, boy? And where can I get that book? <laughs> and, and, and I want to be third because I know you might as well get the first copy. So if you can't get the second, I want to be third. <laughs> I ain't even. Th- I haven't even thought about it. <laughs> Thank y'all, man. Y'all, y'all are y'all are too kind. That's good stuff. You, you guys, if I could say this, and then we have a call. If I could say this, and and not because he's my son, but literally. When I go, we try to eat lunch together once a week, and I literally go with paper and pen. And I'm literally across the table sometimes, like, wait a minute, wait a minute, I'm not done. And I literally write things down because, and it's, it's, I give all the glory to God, not to me, all the glory to God. And um, you guys really should encourage him to write because there's so much in his head and his heart. You really should. To, it's just, and it seems to just come off the top. It's like, and I keep telling him, it's a gift. Yeah. It's a gift that God really has something for you in this area of motivating and, and, and helping. So thank you all for saying that to him because he, he really should. I, I, left him, I left him a message in that book. Hopefully he read it. You, you really should do that. <laughs> thank I, you. Can, thank I, can, you. I, can, I, can I say this as an extension to your uh, uh, what you just said, Tammy, before we go to the caller? Sure, sure. All right, Brandon, growing up, seriously, I hated to write. I hated to write, but people always told me that I was a good writer. I didn't know what they were talking about because I just knew I hated to write. And I would always find a way to, like, cheat myself and to shortchange my writing when I had to do assignments in school because I just hated writing. I was like, who takes the time to write three, four, five pages? Who takes the time to do that? Like, people are crazy. (laughs) But... Every time there was a writing test, I always did well. We had a test that came out um, when I was in sixth grade, and it was reading, writing, and math. Well, guess what? To get a perfect score, you had to get a 300. I got a 294. But, again, I still Mm -hmm. hated writing. But eventually I had to say, you know what, there's a reason why people keep telling me that I'm a good writer or I need to write. And so if the gift is there, use it because, just like in the Bible, your gift will make room for you. That's my two cents. So thank you, thank you. I, I, I love I love to write, but I just I, I'm hesitant with sharing it. I write just about every day, but I keep it all keep it all to myself. <laughs> all right, but thank y'all for that. I really appreciate that. Really no appreciate okay, that. let's pull in our caller. Nine hundred one area code with the last four digits of four zero two seven. Caller, you're on the air with us. This, that's me again. I just changed phones. This is Sherilyn. And I am really, I have transitioned, and I'm really enjoying the conversation uh, 
as a whole, but I wanted to add a couple of things and ask a question of every man that is present on this line. I'm going to start by saying that um, not every woman, first of all, is looking for Boaz. Uh, I I want an Isaac. I want a man who's willing to invest in me as long as it takes for me to get where I need to be, to be what he needs and what I need to be. So I'd rather have that Isaac who makes that investment. Uh, I have even heard women say, you know, I want a Joseph, and she's got children. So we don't need all need the same thing uh, in the man that we're asking God to send into our lives. I want to say that first. And to be able to look at ourselves, uh, one of the things that I want to encourage my brothers and sisters to do is to purposefully and intentionally create opportunities to have effective communication, even if it lends to that person that you're investing in ending up with someone else, um, to to have those honest conversations that say, you know, I, I probably wasn't as, a, as accountable as I could have been. I maybe, you know, missed the mark a couple of times. I think our egos are running our relationships um, so much so that we are not being kind to one another. And that's the, that's the thing I want to add and say. Um, I'm enjoying everything that's being shared, even for those who think <laughs> marriage is not a worthwhile endeavor or what have you. Um, regardless, regardless Sammy, of what see, you, see you call it, Sammy. Can you clear it up, please? As a, yeah, adult, I'll clear it up for you. Sharon, hold on just a second. I'll clear it up for him. Really, you guys, he um he did correct it. We In the conference, he did not mean it the way we took it, but we for sure as women, you know, had to correct him on that. So you guys okay. can, can give him a break. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, I cut him a break goes, there. That goes but, back, that goes but back my, to the woman listening. That goes back to the woman taking the time to listen. Right. Well, I go back to my statement of regardless of what you want the end result to be, even if it's not marriage, um, to have regard for one another and to basically treat each other um, in ways that are kind and uh, that are an investment in us as people, not just as potential mates. So somebody said earlier about, you know, our, you know, the slavery and this and all of this and 400 years. I think it was Fred. I can't remember who. But the negativity piece is what I want to speak to. So if we've been listening to people. I don't watch social television, any of the, all of the, the scandals and any of those. I gave myself, I put, I've been on television fast since August. I watch the news in bits and pieces and make sure I'm still current events and all that, but no garbage in to my life at this point because I need some things to happen for myself. So if we are actively involved in our outcome, yes, God has predestined some things in our lives and we have a free will. We can choose and all of that. But what is our level of participation, not only in our own lives, but in the lives of those who look like us and who um, are influenced by the things around us in the same way. And what I mean by that, and the gentleman talked about the gay, uh, all of the, their points. Hey, Sherilyn, can, can you ask, go ahead and ask the question? We're, we're kind of getting pushed for time here. We have to end at 10 or okay. so. I okay. know you said you had a question. Can you go ahead and get that question okay. out so the guys Be can answer concise. it? concise, yes. Okay. How willing are they? to commit to an assignment, whatever that assignment would be, even if it is going back to um, my brothers aren't, how, how often are you influencing them to make better decisions? Because those of you who have what it takes to create the change, I believe are those who need to influence the change and take a stand for that. 
If you see your brothers beating up on you, you just stand back and watch, or do you say, no, man, there may be a different way you could have handled that. So my question concisely is how much accountability should we be asking you all to, to own or to take for the things that we're talking about today? Um, I'll, I'll take a stab at that. I'm, I'm always talking about so whatever responsibility as a man, I think that 100% of that should, t- should be taken upon other men. So when that mirror goes in with, you'll be able to actually, you know, take that on as far as accountability in any situation, whether it be business, a relationship with a woman, or what have you. When you take that responsibility on, you know, the floodgates open up with blessings. Um, I took accountability for a lot of stuff that had transpired in my life, and I'm six books in, and I actually left corporate America. I was with Halliburton for uh, 15 years in the networking department. I walked away from $90,000 a year, started publishing books and motivating folks um, on my own, on my own nickel. But I did that because I took accountability for everything that I did in my life, um, all the women I played, all the things I did wrong. I accepted that, and uh, I was able to move on because I actually called and taught me that lesson. So if I see a brother out of line, I put him in line, whether he, does, whether he likes it or not, I'm, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. So it starts with self. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Can I can I chime in on that too? Um, Certainly. I, I'll say this. Um, this is and this is a a timely subject because uh, the friend that I'm about to speak of, he act well. I'll just I'll just begin with the story. Well, I was friends with two people uh, prior to them starting to date, um, and I was best friends with 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 the guy, and then had been friends for a couple years with the, with the girl. And uh, I was back home from college for one one summer, and uh, the the girl I didn't know that they had just started dating. I didn't I didn't know at this time. Uh, I hadn't been, hadn't been told. I had been off to college, so she asked me. She said, "Well, you know, if your if your sister wanted to date, you know, my friend, I'll I'll leave him a name." She said, "What would you um what would what would you tell her to do?" I said, "I would tell her to run, run as far as you can." Because I already knew what my what my homie would do. I already knew where his mind was. I knew exactly, you know, what he wanted out of out of a, out of most women. And so, not knowing that that her and him had been talking for you know for about maybe two months now. And I grew up with this guy, so she goes back and she tells him, "Hey, I don't want to talk to you no more because your best friend then told me that you know he would tell his sister to run." Man, my friend was so mad at me. And um, and I had talked to him about it many times. I mean, I wasn't I wasn't any better. I told I told her, I was like if somebody you know I was the same way. Um, and so I talked to my friend about it. He was he was upset. And uh, I think, but after that situation, after that corrected, I was like, hey man, this is a, this is a good girl. Like if you go if you gonna talk to her, notice that she's a little different from the girls that we used to just you know these these jump off. She's a little different from them. So don't break a good woman's heart because. You don't want to be that guy. And so coming to, you know, and within the last week, and, Mama, you know what I'm talking about, within the last week, my friend proposed to her. Now, this is years later, and now they're getting married. 
and had 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 that conversation not happened, I really think he would have just treated her the same way that you know he treated many other many other girls. But because of that that honesty and that candidness, and not having any ill will behind it, but saying, "Hey, this is the situation. I don't want her to go off being another mad black woman. I don't, you know, I don't want my homie getting more more sin for for doing wrong, and and I'm trying to correct myself. So you know, I'm trying to pull my friends along too." And so at the time that I was changing myself, I was doing my best to bring the people that I love, as in my brothers, up with me. And that turned out for the better because now he's getting married. He put a he put a real nice ring on a finger, and and he's going about it the right way. So it's if, if we can like like my brother said, if we can turn that mirror in, then we reflect something better. And we can't reflect anything other than we are. So we are who we are, who we hang around. And I didn't want to be hanging around players, and I'm over here trying to get married. And at the same time, I didn't want to lose my best friend. And so I hope that answers the question. Carl, Sherilyn, does that answer your question? And, Rodney, I don't know if you answered it. I did not answer it, but okay. I, I would I will just go ahead and say that um, this is what I do or part of what I do as a school teacher, as a basketball coach, and as a mentor. Everything that you just heard Trent and Brandon say, these are the things that I do um, as a school teacher, as a coach, and as a mentor. That is where I'm trying to make the difference. I'm trying to um, get to our young people while they are still young, while I can still influence them, while they can, while, while they are still willing to listen uh, before it is too late. So. I think the, the 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 thing is what these two guys just said. You have to be honest. And number two, stop feeling sorry for people. Stop making excuses. Stop being worried about what is going to happen. People who've read my book from the heart of a teacher, they 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 ask me, "Aren't you afraid of losing your job?" No, because if something needs to be said, it needs to be said, and that's just what it is. And so, if you are honest. And if you're brave, people people are going to get mad at you. But I would rather you get mad at me for telling you the truth versus allowing you to go out and mess up your life and then looking back and, and I'm saying, well, I knew it. I just ain't want to say nothing. Now I'm mad at you. Now we, now, now we have a serious issue because you let me go out and you let me mess up my life when you could have stopped me a long time ago. So be be willing to deal with the fact that not everyone can handle the truth or handle it at the time that you're trying to speak it. But when you know something is right, speak up. If not, you're just as guilty as the person committing the crime. Right, right. And really quick, for those of you who are listening, um, I know we say this every week, but for those of you who are listening in the chat line, or online with us at 10 o'clock, it does disconnect. So if you want to continue on, we're going to get off here shortly, but it looks as though we'll go over 10 for sure, and we won't be very long. But if you want to hear the end part, dial in now at 818-691-7406. Again, 818-691-7406, and you'll need to do that now because, again, at 10 it will – disconnect the chat line and even if you're listening from the facebook um link there so 818-691-7406 and we'll try to bring it to a close here shortly Sherilyn, um did you have any more comments or questions i just wanted to thank um 
everybody that gave input, Brandon, uh, Trent, as well as I think the other person. Is it Jordan or? Um, Rodney. Who, who was Rodney? Rodney Jordan. Okay. Um, I wanted to thank everybody. And that's the biggest thing for me, to participate and not have any sort of end result um, that is positive and good. Uh, that's, that's all. I really appreciate you all. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you much. Okay, you guys. Well, we we did not get to all the questions. That's okay. Um, maybe somewhere down the road we can get this going, maybe have a Facebook social hour or something with these questions back and forth or something. So I'd like uh, for any last remarks, anything. I know that I put a question out there, and I said we'd come back to it. Um, gosh, and I know I gave it to you guys, but I don't even remember what it was. Now I should have wrote it down. Do you all remember? <laughs> <laughs> it was early on at the beginning. I don't know, but any last it, remarks from from any of you? I, I, I may have it written down, but I got I got about three pages of notes, and I don't think we have time for all of that. So I, I do I'll too. I have time. notes everywhere from when you guys were talking. I would write down things that I wanted to bring up, but they have told I couldn't pick through this if I had to. So that's okay. If I think of it, I'll just post it out there and copy all of you on it so that you can kind of talk about it. But Trent, I'll, I, let's start with you. Um, any last words, remarks, um, and then give out your information again because we've had some people chime in after we began. So give out last remarks and give out your information again, please. Well, actually, uh, hey, it's a great platform. Um, actually, it was wonderful meeting you guys down uh, in Memphis, and um, hopefully you can continue this uh, women's conference. And um, if I'm available, I'm there. So it's it's real good stuff. Um, folks need to hear this. Folks need to hear straight talk, no chase. I mean, it's it's good to you know talk about things and all that stuff, but we all have to be you know honest with one another before we can actually push one person forward. So it's it's, uh, it's good stuff, and kudos to you. I made it the point to be available um, for this because I saw the passion in you while I was in Memphis. So I made it a point to, to show up to the uh, to the broadcast and uh, stay the duration. So it's good stuff, Tammy. Hats off to you. Thank you. Thank you. And, and hats off to you, too, Trent. I, I see your passion and and um, great conversation. I like that you bring it and you bring it with truth. Sometimes people don't, don't want to hear that um, but need to. So keep doing what you're doing and don't change the way you're doing it unless God says change. And, Not uh, for one Brandon, second. Yeah, good, good stuff. Brandon, any last words, remarks from you? Um, I would say just just a, a, a leaving remark, uh, brothers. You know, when you're when you're dating women, uh, treat them with the same regard as you would want another man to treat your daughter and sisters. When you're dating these brothers, uh, respect them and honor them in the same regard as you would want uh, a young girl to 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 do with your with your son. And um, Hold hold each other accountable because as soon as we lose the accountability, um, our communities go haywire. And we've we've seen what happens with that. We've seen um, how, just how bad we can get off that straight path that God intended us to be on. So any corrective measure that we can do without judging, um, or any corrective measure is, is a step in the right direction. Um, I would also say thanks, Mom, for for inviting me on here and and, and allowing me to come late after after training and everything, and and for the gentleman uh, that I'm some that I met uh, at the conference and um, and, and and others on the line. I just I really appreciate y'all and 
keep being those positive examples because it's uh it's different out here for a young man because there's not a lot of um there's not a lot of peers that that think in the in, in, in that same in that same light. So I look to you guys for inspiration and I pull uh from you all's positive energy and y'all's knowledge base and your wisdom. So I appreciate that and y'all give me hope for the future. So so thank y'all for that. I hope you keep the keep the torch going and give it to the little homies. Right now, I'm going to turn it over to you. I've, I've said all I need to say tonight, so I'm going to turn it over to you, and if you'll say your last and, and just go ahead and end the show, I think we'll be good there. We'll be back on Monday uh, with our teacher, so you guys come. i got a great story coming about that, So uh, about our school system here and some things going on within our school system. Teacher is um, letting it go and was about to prepare to go to the media and um, – by my contact with a student, um, kind of she connected me with him about some things that were going on at their school, and he is prepared to just walk away from it all in order to expose what's going on. So you guys come back and listen, um, even if you're not from Memphis, because if it's going on here, you bet believe it's being duplicated somewhere else. So that'll be those are my last words. So, Rodney? And I will definitely be on for that show. Um, <laughs> but I will say this, and I'm going to make a brief statement, and then I'm going to put two questions out there for the future show, uh, for a future show. And what I will say is this, and and it came up tonight, about um, us doing more or what can we do. And so here's what I will say. I don't, I, I've never physically met. Tammy, Brandon, Trent, Aaron, or Anthony. However, we've all been connected for a purpose. And we all believe in one common thing, and that is promoting change. If you are listening and you are about that. I know that we have our differences. But if you are about that, please continue to support Tammy and everything that she's doing. Please continue to support Anthony, Trent, Aaron, and Brandon and myself and everything that is going on because there is a lot that we are trying to do to raise awareness on just issues that need to be addressed. You may not be able to reach the entire world. You may not even be able to reach the entire nation. You may not even be able to reach everyone in your state. But whoever you can reach, make sure you put the message out there to them. Use what you have. If you're tired of seeing things, guess what? Use the resources that you have. I'm a school teacher, so guess what? I'm going to use it in my classroom. Two questions that we didn't get a chance to to get to tonight, but I would like to put them out there, and I hope that whenever we do this show in the future, I hope that Brandon, Trent, Aaron, and Anthony are able to be on with us because I would love to hear their responses. But my but my questions are this. First question, does having sex on the first night make a woman 
a whore. Why or why not? Does night does waiting ninety days or waiting however long she chooses to wait to marriage possibly? Does that mean that she's going to be a good wife? My second question is: If it is okay for women and society to assume that the man will pay on the first date or first few dates, should it be wrong for men to assume? That he's going to have sex with her on the first date. Rodney, what's wrong with you? Held those questions to the end. See, because you about to start another show. They just came to me at about ten forty-five, and I was like, "We are not going to get to them tonight." (laughs) However, 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 I do hope that in the near future, and I know that everyone is busy. Not everyone can be, you know, retired two months out of the year like me, but. But I do hope that, that, that these four gentlemen are able to be on with us, Tammy, uh, whenever we get a chance to do this show, because I would love to get their input. I would love to hear what they have to say. So for those of you who are listening, um, uh, we would love for you to come back and for you to share your thoughts. But those are my questions. And so, gentlemen, I want you to think about those. And uh, – be ready. We're coming back. We're coming back. Yeah, because we have about 10 to 12, maybe even 10 to 12 more questions that we did not get to. So, Trent, open invite. I'll connect with Anthony and, and Aaron as well. I know I can get Brandon anytime. Y'all just don't worry about him. He'll be on. So, <laughs> um, let, let's make it happen, even if it's, you know, next month. Give you guys time to, to do what you do. But, 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 Trent, if you could send me some dates that you would not mind doing it, um, or being available, that'd be great because I'd like to address all the questions that were were submitted at the conference, and then the two that that uh, someone just threw on us, good good ones as well. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, never a problem I'm here for the long haul. I uh, I'm excited about the energy. Appreciate the kind words, uh, Rodney. So, here for the long haul, just reach out, give me a call, let me know when. Uh, and you want to do it? What we have. Okay, okay. Well, I'll, I'll I'll do that, and I'll get with Rodney and see and the others and see um, if we could at least get, get two or three of you on. That'd be great, even if we can't get everybody. But that'd be great. Okay. All right, back over to you, Rodney. Thank you, everyone, for listening. This has been a great discussion. I've gotten text messages. I've gotten messages on Facebook. This has been a wonderful discussion. To our uh, four gentlemen who were able to be at the conference, sorry I was not able to be there, but hopefully I can get to Tennessee pretty soon. But to everyone who tuned in tonight, thank you, thank you, thank you for your support. And please continue to support the Butterfly Evolution Show. Please continue to support Brandon, Trent, Anthony, and Aaron in everything that they do. And to everyone, have a great night, and we will... Be right back here next Monday, 8 o'clock Central Time. Thank you so much. And always going out with the song for my cousin out of Di- out of Atlanta, Diane, who has been supporting Butterfly Evolution from day one, and she's typically the first one on. So, again, I end with your favorite song. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you back here next Monday, 8 o'clock Central Standard Time. Thanks, Trent. Thanks, Brandon, Aaron, and Anthony. Good night.
It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.